Hey folks, I'm Tom. And I'm Vince. Welcome to Friday Night Beers, a show where two guys who know too much about pop culture and not enough about beer try some beers and explain them in a way that you may understand. But that you probably won't. And it'll only make sense to us. Either way, we hope you'll be entertained. Vince, last year we pulled off a great April Fool's prank. We did. And we convinced everybody that you were starting a sideshow with Mora. Close friend of the pod. Close friend of the pod, CFP. <laughs> uh, about wine, Wednesday night wines. Wednesday night wines. And everybody believed it, but it was all a big joke. It was. What's not a joke is that we are doing something with wine. For the first time ever, we are doing kind of wine on this show. Kind of wine. Is, is Timothy Chalamet here? <laughs> is Timothy Chalamet in this room? Timmy Cha-Cha? Timmy Cha-Cha? Are you are there? You, are you done giving herpes to NYU students? <laughs> because we are drinking Dunier. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Dunier is the Fermenta Winery and Brewery down in the South Loop that this beautiful baby is come from tom tell us a little bit about what exactly we're drinking (laughs) i'm not a wine guy but this is gonna shock you this is pretty much a wine beer it's called savian blanc it's technically a sour but the description is a vineyard ale co-fermented with savian blanc and passion fruit it's tropical it's dry it's effervescent i mean this is basically white wine in a can that's where I think you're a little wrong here. So here's where it gets interesting. We're not yeah. talking about just like dumping Sauvignon Blanc into beer. In That's hops. not what happened. Yeah. No. Uh, they take the grapes. So they take the Sauvignon Blanc grapes. I think that's the name of the grape, right? Sure. Whatever, whatever it is. <laughs> Sauvignon, whatever. They take that and they yeah. drop that in for flavoring. And that's why it's a sour. That's why there's passion fruit in there. Now, Tom, you are noticeably nervous for this. This is the most nervous I've been in a while. You're quaking in your boots. <laughs> Not only because I know nothing about wine, but <laughs> I particularly don't care for white wine. And I'm just in general, like, I don't, I really don't know if I'm going to like this at all. But Your beard hairs are standing on end. <laughs> I, I'm doing this, I'm doing this for the pod. I want to expand hey. my horizons. But okay. Yeah, now, I'm I'll, coming clean. I'll tell you right now, I have seen this in stores for probably the last three or four months and I have been curious. However, I have not been willing to commit. Little, I guess, uh, punch up for Friday Night Flights went out there and these guys were there. They're actually, they're in the South Loop as you know, and in addition to being this Fermenta, they also do Modern Dune as a brewery. So it's the two of them. And I tried some and I thought it was very good. I'm willing to make a bold prediction. You're going to like this. That is bold. It's very bold. That's a lot bolder than our college football bets. So. Ooh, speaking <laughs> of. We won't address that now, but yeah, I guess I'll just bite the bullet. We can we can crack. Let's crack. Cheers, Vince. Okay, I w- definitely am going to smell this before I sip. What do you smell? It smells like a seltzer. A little bit. Yeah. Smells like one of those white claw grapefruit things. You can smell some of the passion fruit and the white wine. Yeah. It's kind of like taking it off. Okay. Here, here we, we go. go. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, God. <laughs> Talk me through it. Talk me through it. Okay. So 
it's it started off okay and then it just went right down the rabbit hole bad. Okay, what do you, I I felt it has a little you get that tartness. It's extremely tart for me. It's overwhelmingly tart. Okay. You know, I'm going to I'm going to go through the ingredients again just so I can understand. So <laughs> Sauvignon Blanc passion fruit. It's supposed to be tropical, dry, effervescent. It's not inaccurate, but I was expecting something else. So what's your problem with white wines in general from a taste perspective? I grew up, my mom drank red wine predominantly. And when I started trying out wine, it was almost always red wine. Cabernet, Pinot Noir, whatever that might be. The first time I ever had white wine was when we would... uh, Slap the bag at Mizzou. Oh my God. Franzia. Yeah, oh, I know it. And, you know, I did one of those like on your knee chug things out of the bag. And I just remember like the next day I had an enormously bad headache, like way worse than I ever had drinking beer. And I also just remember the taste being kind of like, not I'm not saying it's as bad as Franzia, but like super tart and like aggressive. Yeah. And, you know, the other times I tried it casually, it just wasn't for me. It wasn't like, uh, I wasn't enjoying it, you know, whereas like with, with Cabernet and red wines, like I did enjoy having that with like a steak or a nice dinner. So that said, I know there's plenty of fans of white wine and there's plenty of people I know who like love it, but it's just never really gelled with me. Well, close friend of the Podmore McCann is a huge, huge fan of white wine, particularly a nice Sauv Blanc. I have always, I, I'm coming around. It's one of those more acquired tastes. You learn, you learn to love it. But my problem with white wines in general has been that that kind of dry, or I'm expecting it to be sweet, and it's never sweet enough. And this combination does that for me. The mixture of the sour on there as well as that passion fruit kind of takes it the rest of the way home for me you also like sours and i like sweet i've got layers (laughs) you're all over the place i have to i have to just be straight with you like this is not feeling any different than the times i've had white wine you know i that first sip was just like thoroughly unenjoyable you you look like you've just been in the shining (laughs) your eyes are wide you're like oh my god yeah i mean we've done a bunch of these episodes normally you can tell when i'm i'm digging something like yeah i i'm not digging this wow okay that's a miss on my part and i apologize for nothing i shot from the hip but here's the thing like one of the reasons we do this show is because we we try to expand our minds and we want to try new things and like i admire the effort of this for sure i just don't this just is one that's not for me. Okay, so talk to me for a minute about... Uh, we've got two competing arguments here. Yeah. Or competing viewpoints. You think it's trash. I think it's very, very good. We're going to end up somewhere in the middle total, which is probably where it deserves to be for such a polarizing attempt here. Sure. But what I like about this specifically is that they didn't just dump wine in there. They took the grapes, right? They did the right way, and they did it like a like you would do a normal type fruited sour. And that has me thinking along the lines of just like, what are some combinations? Like, I'm thinking about the mashups now, the MTV mashups. I, have you ever thought about making a mashup as a music guy? I've I've actually kind of done it. In a you way. have. I made a power hour back in the day, 
But instead of like random transitions, I spliced in like movie and show clips. Nice. It's kind of like a combination of like all my things that I'm interested in, where it's like songs and then like a clip from Breaking Bad. Like a literally it would take like three or four seconds. But no, I haven't made like a traditional like take this instrumental with these lyrics and, and put them together. That's more my friend Ned's wheelhouse. Right. Well, it's hard to do. It's very hard to do. But everyone who hears one goes, that's awesome. I know exactly what we should do next. Yeah. Like, I know exactly what will fit together. And there's a lot of technical pieces to it that we don't quite understand. So, with all of that in mind here, talk to me about some of the most unsuccessful mashup attempts in pop culture history. Yeah, I'm glad catastrophes. I'm glad you asked this because there's a recent one that's that's happening right now and I honestly I haven't seen the show but I've been reading about it. Have you heard about The Idol? Oh, I've seen the first episode. Okay, you watched the first episode? Yeah. The okay, so this is a fascinating experiment for me. And it's overwhelmingly been panned and, and reviled by oh, yeah. critics. They, they cut it short. Yeah. So just a quick recap for those who don't know. Uh, the Weeknd, the musical artist, paired up with this guy, Sam Levinson, who made Euphoria. Ironically, a show that I didn't really care for, by the way. <laughs> um, and they basically wrote this story that was kind of supposed to be The Weeknd's like, coming out party as an actor, right? And from my understanding of the, the plot of the show, it's about a, a female, like, up-and-coming musician who meets this guy, played by The Weeknd, who is basically, like, a bad influence on her. And it's about the more tawdry, unseemly aspects of, like, the music industry, right? Yeah, he's skeezy, but so, and, like, right. kind of ridiculous. And they, they try to make him out to be this dangerous character but at the same time he just can't pull it off right and from what i can tell it seems like this is a a very poorly veiled attempt at like the weekend being himself on the show and people fucking hate it yes and they think that it sucks and he's been doing a lot of like backpedaling of like well this was supposed to be a satire this was supposed to be like you know a joke kind of but I guess what, folks? I don't think he was fucking joking. I think I this agree. was a totally sincere flop. And again, from the stuff I've read, it seems like all they wanted to do was do like incredibly raunchy, inappropriate shit, but with no substance. So apparently, there is a little controversy because initially, I don't think Sam Levinson was initially set up to direct it. Yeah, that there was a woman involved, and then she got ousted. Yes. Basically because The weekend didn't have a big enough part. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh my God. So that's what makes it even more like worthy of criticism because here's a guy who's never done television, who's never acted in anything other than he was briefly himself in Uncut Gems. But also, was that him? I feel like if that was him, that makes a lot of sense. Also, there's a lot of talk, not to cut you off, but yeah. there's a lot of go, talk go for it. about people examining his lyrics and his songs. And now pairing that up with kind of the things that this heightened version of himself was trying to do and going, maybe he's not a good guy. This is why I think it's been such a disaster because I think that he was basically playing himself from what I have read and people are like disgusted by it. And now yeah. he's trying to be like, well, I was just playing a character. And then 
I did read a spoiler about the ending because I'm like, I'm obviously not going to watch this now. No one is. <laughs> but like, they kind of tried to do a 180 at the end where it's like, oh, maybe he wasn't so bad after all. And I personally think that he probably demanded that because he's like, guys, I still have a music career. I can't have people like turning on me. Dude, whatever. If there's one industry in in which you can do terrible things and still be yeah. a hit maker, it's the music industry. Yeah. Have we forgotten that Chris Brown has just beaten multiple women and is still Oh, people will still getting like tons him. of radio play? Yeah. Like let's How long did it take us to finally move Toy on from Lane shot a woman? R. Kelly, dude. Holy shit. Dude, J- Dave Chappelle's been ripping on R. Kelly's, you know, transgressions for 20 years. But it wasn't until that one documentary that we were like, oh, that's disgusting. Well, I mean, dude, there's a difference, right? There's like, there's him doing what he does on stage and all that. And then yeah. him like locking up multiple <laughs> 18-year-old women. Um, What are some other, in your mind, like crossovers that didn't work? Crossovers that didn't work. Yeah. Mine in fifth grade. Oh, <laughs> see, here's the thing: is I like I want to say Tyrese, Tyrese Gibson. Yes, but he just kind of stuck with it long enough that it kind of does now. Like he was so, so, so bad. He's a terrible too fast, actor. Too furious. Yeah, but he's he hooked onto the crew. He's a part of it. He like Ludacris was so smooth. That guy. You know, had some talent. Tyrese was just like, put me in this movie. I got it. And everybody's like, no, you don't. (laughs) He was in two franchises. He was in Transformers and Fast and Furious. Oh, yeah. Dude, I forgot about that. But, I mean, he's basically just playing himself again. But if I have to choose one specific place to go for my money of just, like, terrible ideas, it is basketball players rapping. (laughs) Yeah, dude. Shaq with his album, Dissing Kobe. Ron Artest had an album. Yeah. It's just, it's brutal. Well, I think that there's long been a history of rappers that think they can play hoops and basketball players that think they can rap. It's cool. It's honestly, it's what's vaulted the NBA to the forefront. Yeah. It's arguably one of the most, I guess, visible and profitable yeah. leagues in the world because oh, of yeah. that. Oh, I got one more, um, I guess, more funny crossover, but you've heard Eddie Murphy's party all the time, right? No. It's a song. Oh, God. It's a cheese. Okay, so Eddie Murphy. Basically, Eddie Murphy was like the king of 80s comedy and like pretty much 90s comedy as, as well. But at like the beginning of his apex, he randomly released this song called uh, Party All the Time. And it was a totally sincere song. It wasn't supposed to be a joke. And it is like one of the corniest like '80s ballads. Like the chorus is like, "My girl wants to party all the time, party all the time, party all the time." And he's singing this like really high falsetto, and it's just like, "Wait a minute, this is Eddie fucking Murphy, like the guy from SNL and from Trading Places." Like it was just so like not what you would expect from him, and he never did anything else in that realm again, except when he did Dreamgirls. Oh. Yeah. And he was like completely crushed that he didn't win the Oscar for that. Like really? he thought he thought he had that shit in the bag and he didn't win. There's like a YouTube clip of him losing and you can just see it on his face. He's like, I'm never gonna do something serious ever again. <laughs> it's honestly it was kinda kinda sad. Well they took Eddie Murphy's Oscar out of the bag, so maybe we should take this 
beer out of the can. Vince, you're getting good at this. I know, thank you. I, honestly, I thought about that one for like four minutes. <laughs> you should start doing these. It's looking um, good. Oh, yeah, that's a nice looking beer. Um, now, Vince, I'm not going to say that I'm enjoying this, but it is getting a little easier to drink as my mm. palate is getting As you're adjusting, yeah. Yeah. So, interesting that you brought up Eddie Murphy. Because the other thing I think about here is almost like not fish out of water, but pretenders. People, like items pretending to be something they're not. And you think about it, some of our fondest movies or some of the most popular movies are actors who are playing either multiple roles or who are just cross-dressing essentially you mean switching teams theoretically exactly you're talking uh mrs doubtfire yeah right and then eddie murphy the most famous one the nutty professor yeah he plays essentially an entire family of people but he plays an entire family of fat people and he is not fat at all just like robin williams plays an elderly woman lady and he is not that at all does any of that get made today Are they redoing Mrs. Doubtfire? I could see them doing... I mean, Tyler Perry's been playing an old woman for like 25 years. So I don't think they're going to tell him to stop. But one thing that I do think about that would be tough to to pull off now is Robert Downey Jr. in Tropic Thunder. Oh, yeah. And I personally, like, I don't think that that's an offensive performance because the entire point of that character was that it was like he was so pompous that he didn't realize how offensive he was being yeah on top of all that it was a fucking hilarious like role and he did get nominated for a real oscar for that so you can't deny that it was like an electric performance but there's just no way in current culture that a, a white guy could play a black person like that, even in a spoof, you right. know? Right, and you can make the argument that there's just no reason to do it, right? Correct, I, yeah. And at the same time, it's it's a it's a risk. It's a risk to do it. It has to be done so tastefully and just right. And I think that there may be some of that in Robert Downey Jr.'s performance, that it yeah. just hit the right line. But again, you have to have everything right you can't even slip up once there right and i think that they did a graceful job of doing that and you need someone who is that talented who can actually pull it off more importantly you need writers who can help him pull that off who can steer this in the right direction and i think ben stiller does a really good job of surrounding himself with those types of people especially producers you know people who are smart like that yeah and like not that this was right, but like men have been dressing up as women in theater performances for hundreds of years. Like that was the bedrock of a lot of old Shakespeare plays. Right. So there's a long history with it. As far as like, is that kind of stuff going to continue? I mean, hey, women have done it as well. Like she's the man. There's a lot of people who have a lot of heart for that movie. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. And I think that there is an we're at an interesting point in time where it has to be it's been done so long by men and by uh white men in general that it has to be done perfectly and it has to be so that you yeah. are the butt of that joke whereas like this is just kind of new where we're allowing kind of women to do that back. Yeah. And so there's a little more room and a little more grace for that. 
I think that these continue all the way throughout. I just think that they are a risk and they have to be done well. And for that reason, it reminds me a lot of what we're drinking here. This is a risk. It's a huge risk. I think you know if you make this type of beer that you're not going to please everybody, you know? Yeah. Your Bud Lights, your Miller Lights, you're trying to you're trying to hit a, a home run for every audience, you know? This is not that. This is something that's totally geared towards people with a specific taste in mind, you know? Sure. And there's nothing wrong with that. But you just know going in that it's not going to be a mass-produced thing. It's, I mean, it's, it's kind of like similar to people that like going to see musicals. I know people that absolutely hate musicals. You, and one of them sitting <laughs> across from you. And there's, a, there's an inherently absurd thing you have to accept when you go to a musical because people don't break out into choreographed song and dance in real life. And people don't have emotional realizations that turn into music on the whim of action but there's people that really like that presentation and there's a lot of stuff that you can get emotionally out of with musicals so you know you're playing towards a sentimental type of person i think we're probably pretty close are you ready to i think so So you want me to go last (laughs) no i'll I'll go first yeah i'll go first and you go last here but okay we talked i asked you about train wreck crossovers I would like to make a final comparison here that is a bit of a deep cut in pop culture. Uh, this beer, to me, is like Dan Patrick in an Adam Sandler movie. <laughs> yes. Every time he appears in a Sandler movie, he has maybe like three lines, and that's it. And he's happy, and he's content to do that. That is the perfect usage of something that doesn't belong. I think... Dunier has done the same thing here with the grapes and the sour. 4.5 out of 5 Vences. You gotta be fucking kidding me. I am not fucking kidding you. <laughs> 4.5? I think this is a spectacular beer. You are you're insane. You're insane. No. <laughs> you're, I'm 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 I just even... make you lower yours? <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna I was not gonna be so harsh, but now I have to. I have to I have to set this just right, okay? We were we were nice and and polite about this, but You were nice (laughs) and polite about it. I genuinely like it. (laughs) Okay. Well I gotta I gotta go with a two out of five Toms for this. Oh wow. I was gonna do two point five and I was even maybe inching to a two point seven five, but but no. Guys, if you if you like wine and you want to try a beer that's kind of like wine, try this. You know what? Hell, if you like seltzers, go ahead and try this. But if you're a classic beer person, you're probably not going to dig this, in my opinion. And I certainly don't dig it. So it says two a out lot. of five. It says a lot that it is a sour and I'm giving it a high ranking and you're giving it a low ranking. Yeah, and like there's, I mean, you saw that initial reaction. Just, I did. No. I did. And I, I had hoped that maybe it would get there, but. Um, just not for me, guys. Sorry. I understand. I understand. Um, well, on that note, Vince, if, uh, if you're listening to this show and you want to listen to some other shows we've done, please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Give us a follow on social media while you're at it. We're on Instagram, we're on Twitter. 
We might be on some other stuff. I don't even know. Could be. There's yeah. a new one coming every day. Yeah. We didn't even mention Dr. Steve Brule in this episode. There's a great wine-based clip on YouTube if you want to check that out. <laughs> but until next time, I'm Tom. I'm Vince. This has been Friday Night Beers where we have clear eyes, full cans, must booze, <laughs> for your wine. Beer. <laughs>